Hello. So we haven't done a, a controversial topic for a couple of weeks or two or three weeks. Two. So um, do you have anything that you want to discuss today? Yeah, I had something on my mind. It's something that we said we'd talk about that we haven't. And it just came to my mind this morning because, actually it was yesterday, because we've heard a lot of people talking about a lot of different things re- recently. Oh, do you right. have anything on your mind? Oh, like um, the fact that... 2024 elections, uh, it's going to be Michelle Obama and um, Gary Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, him. Or This is controversial corner. Not are you, mean, are you talking about Michael Obama? Oh, you think Michael Obama. Yeah, no, not Michelle, Michael. No, this is something of much higher value, eternal value, not these demonic creatures trying to take over. Okay. Now, I was thinking about it's a conversation that we've had a lot of times with many people over the years and it rears its head often so I thought maybe we could talk about it and we could talk about what people perceive as contradictions in scripture and clarify them okay so so I can think of a few okay so so like what well uh, I can think of one contradiction is the demoniac at at Gurgadine. So, for example... You're referring to scriptural, supposed scriptural contradictions and the answers behind it versus interpretations. So, so which one do you want to go through first? So, do you want to do the demoniac at uh, Gurgasens, the... With regard to... Yeah. No, so, so the the one in Luke says, it calls out that this man, um, and I believe when Mark and Luke are referring to uh, is the fiercer one, because he calls out the fact that this guy is from the city. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, well, what city? Is it from um, Gadara, which is the capital of uh, Gagarines, or is it from Gursa, the city that is right there? And so it seems as if that the Mark and Luke are talking about, they say, from the city. Mm-hmm. And so they're referring to one guy. They're not excluding the other guy. They're just referring to one guy because he's a fiercer one. Let us say, for example, you are dealing with a guy and, and everybody knows this one guy. Nobody knows the other guy. Uh, you're not going to bring up the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. But because Matthew's a tax collector, he's going to be more diligent and and he's going to provide more... Detailed. Details. Uh, we'll say yeah, two yeah. guys came where Mark and Luke want to talk about, hey, you, you knew this guy. He was a fiercer. He was the guy that broke the chains. This is that guy. And notice they're the ones that talk about um, breaking the chains. It was Mark and Luke talking about how fierce this guy is. And um, and I know that um, Luke specifically talks about from the city. Um, and so and the, he's the one who was driven into the pig. The, the, the demons well, were driven into pigs. Left both of them. Right, left both. So they were both set free by Yeshua, and and the demons left both guys, and they went into the pigs. But in terms of them telling the story, uh, they were focusing on the on the fiercer one, the one that broke the chains. The city would have known that guy very well because he was naked and often in the tomb. So he was the fiercer of the two, right? Right. And actually, that's a, a great segue. I didn't think you knew I was going to do this, but um, that's another contradiction people would say is the genealogy of Yeshua in Matthew and Luke. When it, you know, We know that Bar means son of. And if you look at the two genealogies in Matthew and Luke, 
they're completely different. So who was Jesus' descendant of? Was he a descendant of um, Solomon in Matthew or Nathan in, in Luke? Because it would appear that, that that seems to be a contradiction if people don't know the scripture. Right? Well, the, yes, the deviation happens after uh, before Solomon, right? So either it goes through the line of Solomon, Solomon or goes through the line of Nathan. Nathan. If you look at um, Matthew, it goes through the, the line of of um, Solomon, and and that is basically showing that the 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 paternal, the should say the adopted father of Yeshua is from the lineage of Solomon, which is also from David. Mm-hmm. And the mother is actually from, not from Solomon, but from Nathan, David's other son. And, and it's also showing that even the mother, where Yeshua comes from, is from direct descendant from the from line of David. The line of David. So uh, Matthew is Joseph's lineage, and Luke is Mary's lineage. So there's no contradiction. There's no contradiction. And, and Why would they have chosen to mention the lineage separately? Why would Luke mention? <laughs> because generally lineages are based on the paternal, the paternal, you know. So when you're speaking to Jewish people, they don't, you don't say, um, you don't foc- focus on the, on the female's lineage, you focus on the male's lineage, mm-hmm. right? And so they would have known father of Joseph. So Matthew showed the, the lineage of and by the way when you look at Matthew's lineage I know people ask that question but that's a minor question a more a, a, a little bit difficult question would be the fact that Matthew actually excludes some people in his lineage so if like you can't, Canaan right? well no there's a few people no no oh yeah yeah yeah, actually, yeah there's a few people that are missing from Matthew so if you look at it you go well where's this person where's that person the people that he skips are the people that are I'm going to call them evil evil people in the lineage he skips those people what about the woman why does he mention the woman Matthew the woman you're talking about Rahab like, yeah I look, talk about Rahab you talk about um, I'm actually just looking at it as I speak but yeah and Tamar Tamar is actually mentioned in the lineage and Rahab is mentioned he, and, well. and, and Ruth yeah, but, but now you're asking about interpretation. But I, I, I'm not. Oh, but anyway, really, I was just interested this, that because you're not talking contradiction about contradiction stuff. Right? No, it's not. But I was just interested that if, if the lineage would normally be mentioned by men, why would the woman be mentioned? Well, would you just as a side note? It's more like a side note, note versus an actual paternal lineage. Another contradiction would be with John the Baptist, right? It, John the Baptist was asked directly in John one nineteen. Mm-hmm. He was asked, "Are you Elijah?" Yes. And he said, "No, I'm not." But was he lying? That's right. And then he said, "I'm asking you." Was well, lying? that's what I'm saying because yeah. he said the, the Yeshua also said, "He said, uh, make way. There's one coming like Elijah." Mm-hmm. He it, he says it in Matthew. He says, um, "If you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come." <clears throat> And by the way, for those of you listening, I never gave Andre a heads up on any of these questions. This is stuff I, I was thinking about because I've heard them mentioned before. So I'm actually putting him on the spot right now as we're speaking and asking him these questions. And notice Yeshua says, uh, if you're able to receive this, if you are, in other words, are you able to hear this and understand this? So 
according to the scripture, according to the the prophecy, uh, prophecy says that there's going to be a forerunner of of the Messiah. A voice crying in the wilderness. So there's going to be a forerunner. So this this is him, right? And the forerunner it says Elijah will come before come before Yeshua. So they're thinking, oh, okay, it must be Elijah because that's why he was taken in a whirlwind because he's up in heaven. So he should be coming down as a forerunner. But so the answer is. Um, when Elijah comes again, he's not going to come in uh, a form of a baby, right? He's going to come down physically, not come down like Yeshua, where he uh, he uh, came into the womb of um, of Mary. He's going to come down like his body that was taken up will come down, and then uh, he'll be one. I believe one of the witnesses that will will come in during the end times. So this guy Elijah. Um, his main job is a forerunner of Christ. So he's going to come down, he's going to be a witness that Christ is going to come, and then Christ is coming to reign on earth for a thousand years just after that, when he comes and speaks. So yes, Elijah is going to come down physically and is going to go on. But Yeshua's mandate, there's two things with the Messiah's uh, prophecies. The first thing is, he is coming as a running, as a ruling and a reigning king. That's what he's going to be ruling on this earth. That's a prophecy of him. His return. It hasn't been fulfilled yet. So I know it's everything's been fulfilled. No, no, that hasn't been fulfilled yet. It's, it's going to be fulfilled, but it's not, not yet. What has been fulfilled? Now, there's another one that the, the Messiah, the same one, has to suffer and die and be resurrected. We know that's happened. And that has happened. So, and so that is, so Yeshua not only is going to die and be resurrected, but he also will reign. So the, you can say the lamb is the first one and the lion. So the lamb has already come and, and, been, sacrificed. and been sacrificed. And the the one that um, uh, one scripture talks about that um, John came in the spirit of Elijah. The word spirit is in the breath of Elijah. What does that actually mean? It means in the assignment of Elijah. What was Elijah's assignment? What's going to be? It's going to be uh, ushering in Christ declaring Christ. So he's going to come in the spirit and the assignment of Elijah, which just John the Baptist did. So my next question is also concerning Yeshua. And it's concerning when he entered into Jerusalem. One of the Gospels says that he rode on a colt and an ass. I think that's Matthew. And the other one says that Yeshua rode in just on a colt. That's Mark and Luke. They said they brought the colt to Jesus through their garments, and he sat on it. and And then he brought the colt, the the the, the colt and the ass. They threw it on the ass. So what did he ride in on, the colt or the ass? So there were both donkeys uh, uh, were there, and it's the Jenny donkey, which you say is the mother donkey. And, a note, and her foal, which is the colt or the, the male donkey. So there are two donkeys. Okay? And so Yeshua sat on the mother donkey first. And I, I believe the watches he sat on the, the mother donkey first was because he was going down Mount of Olives. And it's not, it's, it's not as steep as a mountain, obviously, but it's still steep. Mm-hmm. So the Mount of Olives, Olives has some gradient. So he sits on the, the mother donkey as he goes down and descends the Mount of Olives. And then later on, uh, when he gets to the bottom, 
then he uh, switches and he gets on the foal um, as he as he rides into Jerusalem. So he now sits on the foal. So as he does ride on them. Yeah, yeah. Which is at different times. Yeah, so different times. So the first one he goes and he, on the mother when he descends on Mount of Olives, and then um, when he's on the ground level, then he gets on the foal, the um, the the male donkey, the colt. Okay, so. Um, I hope that clarifies for people. I, I mean, I've got I've got a few more. Do you want me to keep going and you can answer? Yeah, I, I can try. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, here's another one. Let's talk about the fig tree. It seems like there were different issues with the fig tree. What about the fig tree? Well, in, in Gospels say that Jesus cursed a fig tree and that it withered at once. But the other Gospel, I think that's Matthew, and the other Gospel says, no, it withered overnight. So... So what what actually happened with the fig tree? And now for those listening, the reason why you know Andre can answer many of these is because he had a struggle through them, right? When you were doing Holy Gospels in one, where you were putting all the Gospels in chronological order. So fig tree would be another one that seems like it contradicts because in the one it's withered and the uh, instantly, and in the other one it seems like it's overnight. So what actually happened to the fig tree? Well. There's only t- there's two gospels that talk about the fig tree, right? Yeah. There's Matthew, Matthew and Mark. And Mark. Um, Matthew talks about Yeshua walks past the fig tree, he curses it, and then continues on on the way, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing necessarily happens to it based on on Mark's account. What Matthew says, they that they go and they go past the fig tree. And he curses it. He curses it. So Matthew says he curses. That's the first time he curses it. And where Mark talks about that, he curses it the day before. And it says here that instantly the fig tree shriveled up. And the disciples, having seen, they marveled, saying, "How instantly it shriveled up!" And but when Mark talks about it, he says, "And they saw the fig tree shriveled up from the roots." And Peter remembered. Notice, not all the disciples remembered. So Matthew didn't remember. Uh, other one, it says Peter remembered. So Peter remembered what? What did he remember? That the fig tree had that been... That Yeshua cursed the fig tree yesterday. This is the same one he cursed yesterday. So maybe maybe Peter was close to him. He heard it because he said, Hey, Rabbi, behold the fig tree that you cursed has shriveled up. And so the other disciples maybe didn't hear it. And that just all it does is shows the validity of of the the writers. In other words, they are writing from their position. Matthew is writing from his position and, and, and Mark's writing from his position. And now we also know that Mark was a scribe of who? Of Peter. Mm-hmm. So he would have got insight into from, from Peter's perspective versus Matthew getting from his own perspective. And that's why it says in Mark that Peter remembered. It doesn't say Matthew, uh, Matthew remembered or any of those. Was, maybe they didn't even hear. Or notice. Yeah, so that's why it's, uh, it's not a contradiction. And, and the first day, it didn't shrivel up. Peter said, hey, this is a, the, the fig tree that you, sh- you cursed yesterday. And, and, the, and the, the other gospel writers, um, or specifically Matthew, says, oh, this is the, the same one um, that you just, you just cursed now. And how quickly it shriveled up. So there's no contradiction. All it is, is a, in terms of the timeline, it was Peter who remembered that it was cursed yesterday. The other disciples, it didn't say that they remembered. Okay, that's that's helpful. Um, okay, that's the fig tree. 
the next question I have is the name of Yeshua, that the, na the name that was hung above him on the cross. What was the exact wording on the cross? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all use, it's the King of the Jews statement. King of the Jews. Okay. So, so they all seem to say something different. So, so what did it actually say and in what language was it? Well, it, 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 I think Luke's very clear. It says written in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. So this, so it's one after the other. So it's three languages. Yeah, and it's probably Greek first up top because it's at the order, mm -hmm. and then it's next will be Latin, mm -hmm. then it will be Hebrew, and it says this is Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. So would have it said that in in all three languages, or would it have said it in, in each different language had a different writing? What do you think? Oh, what do you mean? Like, was, was was that full sentence, this is Jesus, the Nazarene, the king of the Jews, mm -hmm. would that have been written each sentence in each language? Yes. For the full sentence? The full sentence, this is Jesus, the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. The reason why they had to say the king of the Jews is because that was his, that's why he was crucified. If he didn't say the king of the Jews, then why was he crucified? So the, so the only legal right that... Um, that um, Pontius Pilate had is to say that actually he, he claimed to be he be, claimed to be well not not came to be no no that he was the king of the Jews because if he said he is a a charlatan and he says he's a king of Jews well there's a lot of crazy people out there calling themselves whatever but because he literally is therefore they had to kill him because it's, it's going against the the state rule of um, of Rome. Some say this is Jesus the king of the Jews. Some say the king of the Jews. This is the king of the Jews. And John's the only one who says Jesus of Nazareth. Nazar Nazareth. King of the Jews. John nineteen nineteen. Yeah. So. The Nazarene. Yeah, he's the only one who said that. Yeah, well, yeah. So just because, and, and that's why it's in there. Because, uh, that's why I said that, that the whole thing is in there. Is because um, I don't believe John is making up these additional words. Because right? letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew were in which book? Where did it say Latin? Red is what? what it's, is in, it's, in, it's in Luke and it's in John. John oh, also says it. John Two. says it in all the letters. Oh, yes, it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Yeah. That's right. John 19, verse 20. Okay, written in. And, and just Hebrew, because Greek, and the, the writer leaves it out uh, doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't there. Is it? It, just it's just it, a different perspectives, and that's what really you're trying to so emphasize so about the Gospels, right? Yeah, so when you put them all together, you can see a complete picture. It's like, for example, if 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 you saw an accident, um, you may look at you may look at the I don't know the person's shoes walking away from the accident, and look at the woman uh, walking, and 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 for me, I'll be looking at the car, right? So it's just a perspective, and, and, and just because I haven't I haven't discussed the woman in the car. Doesn't mean she wasn't in the car. Exactly. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think I, I can't think of any other gospel contradictions that I've heard people speak about. Can you? Are there, well, I mean, there is the order of the grave. Who arrives at the grave at different times? But I, uh, you know, it's complicated. It's complicated to go into. But so maybe um, can we go on to Acts? Do you, are you able to answer some in Acts? Yeah. One in Acts that um, that I have is where Paul is on his journey to Damascus. And a light shines around him, and he falls to the falls to the ground, and hears a voice. And it's so that you, you, we're in Acts nine. 
Acts 9 verse 7. And it says, And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Okay. So here it says in Acts 9 verse 7, The men who journeyed with him stood speechless, and they heard a voice, but they saw no one. But then in Acts 26 14, it's... Am I in the right? Uh, Acts 20... 22 probably. Sorry. 22 verse 9. Oh yeah, sorry, 22 verse 9, yes, good. Acts 22 verse 9. There's a 26 verse 14. No, it says, 20, 22 verse 9, it says, And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So, did they hear the voice or didn't they? Well, it's about they hear a voice, but they don't understand. I think that's the context. They're hearing the voice. Like, how many times you can hear someone talking? Like I, the neighbors, you hear them talking, but you don't understand what they're saying because it's, it's muffled, right? Same verse is also confusing because it's if you go to twenty six fourteen, um, Paul says, "And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speak to me." He says all had fallen to the ground, but in verse in, in Acts nine it says, "Then Saul arose from the ground and his eyes were opened." It's also just a different perspective, right? It's not a contradiction. So, oh, so what's, the, what's the contradiction that you're saying? That he fell? Well, I, he I'm not fell? saying it. I'm saying that people will say, well, how come in Acts 26, 14, it says they all fell, but in Acts 9, it says it, says, it just says Paul stood up. I think, personally, it's just a, it's, it's also a different perspective of the story. Paul's talk, talking about the story. He's not saying they never fell. But in Acts 26, 14, it says that they all fell to the ground, right? There's no contradiction. Just because something's excluded, um, in other words, it hasn't been mentioned, doesn't mean that, that didn't happen. Okay. I, 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 it's like I, if, I, I agree. I, I give you breakfast and and, um, and then uh, yes, I get eggs, toast, and um, I don't know, jam. And I never mentioned the plate. I didn't mention the knives and forks. I didn't mention the salt. And does that mean I didn't bring the salt? Yeah. And later uh, on, I, I say, yeah, I brought the salt. That's what. So, he's, he's just he's, no telling part, he's just telling a part of the story, and yeah. I think I think that's probably the message here with the Gospels and Acts, is that just because a part is neglected doesn't mean that it's contradicting. Yes. Okay, but now here's another question: um, How much time we got? We got time for one more Go, uh, Old Testament? Yeah. Elijah. Elijah going up to heaven. In John three verse thirteen, uh, G- Yeshua is saying, "No one has ascended to heaven." But he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. He's, he's speaking to uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus asked him this question. How, how can these things be? How, in other words, how can you be born again? In other words, how yeah, can you be born of the yeah, Spirit? Yeah, how can this thing be? How? How can this thing be? Mm-hmm. And so, and then Yeshua himself says, he says, you know, you know what, uh, if I've told you, now here's the key thing. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how is it possible, like I'm telling you an earthly thing, how is it possible that you'll understand heavenly things mm-hmm. if you can't understand like the simple earthly things? Yeah. From looking at from most people would look up, they would say, hang on, Yeshua is saying nobody has ascended to heaven, but we know that Elisha, and it's, I mean Elijah specifically in 2 Kings 2, 11, says that he was separated, Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. We know that the Bible says that, but Yeshua here is saying no one has ascended to heaven. So how can 
he say no one has ascended to heaven if we know that Elijah had already gone up. So that would seem like it's a contradiction. So both Enoch and Elijah ascended into heaven, but didn't come down to tell what they saw. Okay, so look. So they've at, been up and haven't come yeah, down. So, so that's the key thing. Like okay, in other words, if I've told you earthly things you do not believe, how will you believe if I have told you heavenly things? Heavenly things. No man is ascended up to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. Okay, not saying no one has. The, the sentence is one sentence, and it says it's basically saying nobody has gone up to heaven and come down to from heaven to tell you. So if you answer this this question, Moses saw heavenly things, but didn't necessarily go to heaven. Those who have gone to heaven are able to clearly talk about heavenly things, which we just If they about. come back and talk about it, they're able to come back. Like he is doing. Mm -hmm. so, so if I had to ask you all these questions, the, the bottom line is, Andre, are there any contradictions in Scripture? I, I, th I think that's pretty clear. The answer is there is no contradictions. The only contradictions is in our understanding. Only in our understanding. So there are no con uh, no contradictions in Scripture, and if there are contradictions, seek and ask the Lord to help get clarity. Yep. Yeah, because the Scripture, it's for a, a good interpretation to exist, one has to make sure that we ask the question, how can both be true? Right. That was my next question. Say, how do you resolve it? If you if you believe that, if you see that you think there may be a contradiction, how would one go about resolving that? Yeah, just like the example that we spoke about of, of bringing food to the table. Okay, I didn't mention the salt or the pepper or the knives and forks. Doesn't mean they're not, not there. Doesn't mean they're not true. So you seek to understand, and then, um, but if it says, um, he he is like um, I only gave this uh, to this person, and okay, we say only. Does that exclude the knives and forks? What's the context? Too? Right, right. So I think we have to be honest and wrestle through some scripture because a lot of the scripture that we have today um, we have all the tools to get deeper and there's some scripture that the translation sometimes the words because in the Greek and the Hebrew the punctuations are not necessarily correct and sometimes you have to look at the, the entire sentence or the entire context to understand um, because it might be an issue with the translation uh, error and that's, that sometimes does happen. So, But the point is, if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, it will be open. The key thing you ask is, well, how can both be true? And if you, come, if you start with that starting position, then everything makes sense. Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us wisdom and insight to be able to answer this, Lord. And anybody out there who's struggling with contradictions in Scripture, I pray that this encourages them to seek you and find the truth that you, Holy Spirit, can teach them. Uh, pray for all those listening, Lord. Touch their hearts. Keep them focused on you and help them to bring your kingdom on this earth, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray this in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen.